and we're recording. Happy Father's Day out there to all the the Padres. All you Fajas. Happy Father's Day to you, bro. And you too, my beloved brethren. I I have multiple personalities, so you called me brethren. <laughs> that works. So uh yeah. Okay. Happy Father's Day. Uh, Dave, you wanted to jumpstart this uh, little episode here uh, by by plummeting into a a quick topic. Uh, go for it. Let's hope it's quick. Uh, my awareness is on those who might be listening. Both of you, by the way, are <laughs> listening to our podcast and possibly making assumptions. Uh, Whatever. We all do that. But based on the things that I say, uh, or even Michael would would say, uh, I am not an atheist uh, by definition. I am not an agnostic. And I'm sure as hell not a theist. So the best definition that describes where I'm coming from based on experience. And that's where we all have have gotten to where we are at this moment is experience Mm -hmm. uh, of various different, you know, mental, physical, spiritual, all of it. Okay. I'm a pantheist uh, and I hate putting a label on anything, but this best describes where I'm coming from. Pan meaning all, theist meaning God, So all is God and God is all. The universe is God and God is the universe. So I am a scientific spiritualist. I believe in spirituality and science. I do not believe in religion. The word itself describes something made from man. All Uh, right. And so uh, just to clear that up, the fact that we've said a few things about leaving religion completely is not to mm. offend anybody. Mm-mm. My God, uh, uh, there it is. My God, choose, <laughs> <laughs> choose your own path. Of course, uh, religious freedom. Think about that for a minute. What does that even really mean? Religious freedom, supposedly the foundation upon which this country was created and they came over here and that what they won't tell you in the history books is when they got over here uh, and left the church of england and it's oppressive bullshit they fought amongst themselves of course they did just as you know raucous whatever i mean it was so that's human nature so Mm -hmm. it's not about having an opinion and forcing it on someone else i have experiences that have brought me to where I'm at. I won't call them conclusions because that means you're done. Mm -hmm. But I would reference two works to help someone to understand what I mean by being a pantheist. One is the power of now by Eckhart Tolle in which uh, he describes his awakening experience. The other is Autobiography of a Yogi by Paramhansa Yogananda, and he mm-hmm. does the same thing. He ex- he describes a uh, an awakening, if you will, experience that absolutely you know changed his life. And 
there's many other sources, God, they're countless, but the language that these two men use best mimics, uh, describes my experience. And so, so I'm here, my motivation, once again, as a pantheist, why, why wouldn't I just be on my happy little way and just, you know, the hell with it all? Because there, there's again, damage being done by religions in the world. Well, and yeah, I would just say, uh, just because you are not a fan of the concept of religion does not mean you are apathetic about people. No. Right. And, and that's two totally different things. Something that's a part of pantheonism, pant, fuck, I I don't I can't even pronounce what I believe in. It's not a belief. (laughs) It's a state of reality for one thing. And that is the oneness of all things. So I guess Mormons, you know, calling each other brother and sister, that's an, Mm. it's a feeble attempt at that. I believe we are all literally connected. Life itself Mm -hmm. is one thing Mm -hmm. (laughs) manifesting in the universe and we are different expressions of that one life. Okay, enough, enough. No, I, I'm glad that you went through that, bro. It helps the listeners know where you're coming from. I I uh, have similar but similar but different, you know, mm-hmm. uh, sure. positions on things. We know we've talked uh, privately about a, a lot in the past about different things. I would say. With, pers- with with respect to the concept of a God, I think I mentioned this in our introductory episode or, or thereafter, whatever. Um, you know, I, I don't know what I would describe my position, uh, how I would describe my position on that in traditional terms. Mm. It's, it's closest mm. to... Uh, it's closest to what what some groups call soft atheism or or agnosticism in that I'm not going to stand up in front of a crowd and say you know what uh, I know no. there is a god or I know there isn't a god right because I don't good for you uh, yeah but but I don't see so so the openness of that is I'm willing to see or experience, if you will, things that would persuade me to believe that there is a, like a single controlling deity or whatever. I, what I've experienced so far in my life doesn't support that. No. But that doesn't mean that, oh, I know, right? I'm going to use that, that dangerous phrase of I know such and such, right? I, I don't think that there is such a thing as uh, a man with a long white beard sitting up in heaven, uh, wherever that might be. I am very science focused as well. I think science hasn't answered all the questions and mysteries of life. Um, I think it's equipped to keep asking questions and, and keep will, finding and answers. And will continue to be yeah. more equipped. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Uh, and so, and, and even instrumentally speaking, there's things we can measure scientifically that we were never able to measure before. And it's fascinating, right? And so and we know things now, for example, like everything has a vibration, even inanimate objects such as rocks, uh, certainly living things. All of life is vibration. 
or frequency, all of life. We know that yeah. this vibration interacts with other vibration, and sometimes mm. there is a cacophony of sorts where things just don't mesh, and sometimes there's a harmony or resonance, where things, yes. or resonance right, where things mesh yeah. and they just feel right, or whatever mm. term you want to use. Yeah. And there's this thing about vibration. You could also use the word energy to describe vibration. So I, I, yeah, I'm a big believer in all of that stuff. I do believe in the concept that the universe as a whole has an energy that is shared across the universe. And uh, we all have expressions of that and can intermingle with that. Let's, so yeah, uh, similar. Let's go one. Similar. Yeah, beautiful. What? Let's go a step maybe deeper uh, and say, now, what does that do for me or anyone, mm-hmm. you or mm-hmm. uh, any person uh, to come to a, Again, I don't want to use the word conclusion, but a personal uh, understanding um, of a way of looking at things. And that's what we're talking about, a perspective. So mm-hmm. when you leave Mormonism, you have a perspective or paradigm shift. Yes. Uh, and it might be thrust upon you or you, it might be, you know, given to you in whatever little spoonfuls at a time. Mm-hmm. It, Ultimately, as we adopt new understanding, a new way of looking at things, what what's the goal? So in other words, we hear a lot about the pursuit of happiness. Hello again, the founding fathers. Uh, nah, happiness is fleeting. Yeah. I would say, yeah, genuine happiness now and then now we're defining things on a personal level well what do you mean by genuine happiness oh well, i had sex with this lady last night oh my god that was some really- <laughs> no dude no. no that was extremely short-lived and now you've got to go to the clinic so anyway <laughs> so that was a ridiculous example but anyway uh i would say inner peace deep yeah. inner peace Uh, And and to be in the flow of life, Mm -hmm. not to be so uh, thrown about on the surface that, you know, you're there's a shit, there's a hurricane out there. And there is right now on this planet, figuratively and and literally the hurricanes and Mm. all kinds of shit going on. We don't want to be up there and we we don't want to escape that's not why we're here. So right. we want to be in this place where we are with, if you will, the flow of life. And we're, we're, um, what, what's the word, uh, adding, we're contributing. There we go to, uh, the betterment. Another word that, you know, would be divisive as to what, what, what makes you think that's better than this. So, mm-hmm. so th- this is the nature of individualism, but there's things about us, the way we're built, the way we show up, that we agree on certain levels with what it is we're, we all seek. Mm-hmm. And there's there's no arguing over that. It's not about political parties or where you live or the color of your skin. It's something deep inside of you. And when you're in that harmony again as you spoke with all of life that's it i i think 
Yeah, I think everyone can perceive that. And there's this conversation that you get into of of subjectivity versus objectivity, and you touched on that, right? Some people would define, well, what's better for you, you know? And that's certain topics of the state of life or existence would fall under that category of subjectivity, but we're really talking here about the objective state of life and everyone can agree on some things, right? So, so Mm -hmm. if you, if you kind of pull the camera out to the macro view as much as possible and you observe life all at once, um, everybody could agree, for example, it's probably better for things to not be in conflict and in pain it's probably better for people to not be inflicting things upon each other uh, that would cause one or the other, you know, to suffer or et cetera. You know, these things I think we all could agree on. There's objective right. truths. And we yeah. come equipped with that without a religion yeah. having right. to you don't tell need it religion. Yeah. To, that yeah. that's the way it is. Or... When we have a different view or questions about things, a religion that refuses to answer those questions. So uh, moving away from the, the spiritual subject, if if we can hazard that at this moment, uh, we're kind of squeezed for time here today, yeah. uh, which is ironic. It's Father's Day, whatever. We're trying to go with the flow, folks. Uh, <laughs> I... I Watch Jeremy Runnels' uh, excommunication court deal mm-hmm. again. He he recorded it, and it the thought that came to me after watching that, of course, his arguments were right on, and mm-hmm. and this you will give a response, sir. What the fuck? I mean, it it just watching that again just pissed me off. But anyway, well, backstep backstep just a half. Okay, uh, and of explain a step what we're talking people. about. Yeah. Well, for people who may not so there's going to be a subset of listeners potentially who don't know who Jeremy Reynolds is, who don't know what we're talking about. Most of you will know. Uh, there's this document so Jeremy Reynolds very very quickly you know, born, raised in the church, like a lot of people, came home, started having questions, decided I'm going to write, you know, I've got some questions that are kind of troubling me here. I didn't know that this or this was the case. And so I'm going to write these down. And he wrote them down. And then he had a friend or uh, an acquaintance who knew the CES director of the church or one of the directors Mm -hmm. of the CES program. What a better choice than, you know, what better choice than somebody at that level who should have, you know, some pretty deep knowledge about church doctrine and topics to address these questions. So he wrote this letter, so to speak. It was really more like a, a, a novella. It was like 80 some odd pages. Yeah. Uh, pretty and comprehensive. He it became nicknamed uh, Letter to a CES Director or the CES Letter, so to speak. And he sent it off, never got a response. Uh, somebody inquired a little later, no response. And so basically there's no answers to these questions was his, was his answer, right? There, no, you know, uh, the CES, uh, director did reach out to him initially when he got it. Hey, you've really put your good thought, you know, some good thoughts together here. Let me get back to you. Well, he never did. Uh, and so anyway, then, uh, Jeremy didn't mean for this to initially go viral, 
he just shared it with a few people. He ended up sharing it on, on uh, RX Mormon, the Reddit group and other people without his kind of request just started publishing it everywhere. This copies of this document. So then it started getting shared. And the next thing you know, it's all over the place and everybody's talking about CES letter, CES letter. And so that's, that's how it came about. Well, eventually he was pulled in to be excommunicated. Uh, and that's, and he recorded it, which you're not supposed to do. So good for Jeremy. Uh, and this isn't the only time something like this has happened, well, by the way. It, yeah, so. exactly. I think that his experience in that court uh, was not unique. I, I think that it was like, we're the authorities, and you will yeah. give a response. Yeah. Well, what the, you know, that's just so ridiculous. But I, I like his response. I excommunicate you. <laughs> You know, you bastards. I give yeah. 20 times, he said. He asked them three questions. Uh, what in my letter is uh, not, you know, is causing problems so that I can fix my letter? Think yeah. about that. And I yeah. think it was an honest inquiry. Tell me yeah. where I'm off track and I'll change my letter of inquiry, this CES yeah. letter. Uh, nope, 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 nope. So... What it got me thinking about was the whole uh, disciplinary court thing in the church anyway. And and I, I immediately went to, geez, that doesn't even seem legal. Well, yeah, of course, yeah, it's legal. Uh, separation of church and state. And then when you're born into that organization, not really much different than uh, the Amish and the shunning and the Catholic church, which they call it excommunication, I believe. Is that right? With the Catholics? Yeah, excommunication. Excommunication. Uh, And you're aware of that as a member, Mm -hmm. that if you uh, make mistakes and they become aware, you know, the leaders become aware of it, which is another whole topic right there. Uh, Oh, we're being fair. You know, Mm. this is a court of love. Now get that right off. This That's a whole nother conversation because the, <laughs> the court the court structure has changed through the years, right? Oh, there massively, was a court of love or whatever, and some early excommunications of some high profile people who were asking questions like in most the church. Of the 12. <laughs> uh, right. They they uh, those people when they were excommunicated still went through the old format where you uh, it was more of a communicative back and forth discussion, uh, potentially loving experience in a way, right? And that's changed because there's so much of this going on now and so many people in the limelight, if you will, that are asking these really, you know, kind of poignant questions of the doctrine Hmm. that they changed it. And I think they might still do the one for just the lay members that have issues, but for these guys that are, are termed as like apostates that are asking these questions and going out in public with this, they have a different kind of court for them where there is no discussion. There are no question and answers. It's you get, uh, they get fit. They take 15 minutes and, and lay down, Hey, this is what you're accused of. You have, I think 30 or 45 minutes to respond and that's it. There's no question and answer. There's no discussion. 
There's no well, any a, of that it's a format, and it will be followed. Uh, so actually, you're disregarded as a human being to a large extent. That's uh, right. In the bishop- and the fact that you're there is they've already made a decision. Oh yeah, that's the thing that people that- aren't. Right. Realizing too sometimes, right? They've already decided that you're going to be excommunicated. So the fact that you're there means that you don't even have to show up. Just showing up is a formality. If you want to show up, you can go on record with, uh, you know, talking about your side or whatever, but there's no conversation about that. So, you know. Well, I I sat in a few courts at the ward level. Mm -hmm. Um. Back in the day. It was interesting because the one gal had been pulled in. And even as a, I mean, TBM, man, I was completely submerged in this mind warp (laughs) in the bishopric. And uh, we bring in this gal and uh, she'd had sex with somebody that, (laughs) what the, first of all, who's... (laughs) Whose business is that of anybody else? <laughs> I mean, if 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 you I know. had sex, for yeah. instance, with a married man and uh, as a woman, that will run its own course. You're going to pay the for that yeah. shit one way You're or another. Have to try to figure that out. Okay. Yeah, that's going to so, have repercussions. Anyway, yeah. uh, come to find out, as as we proceeded with this line of questioning, she wanted to be excommunicated. So that she didn't have to live by church standards anymore. It was it was kind of uh, ridiculous. Another one, uh, a married man was with a woman, and and uh, it was interesting. The three of us in the bishopric uh, are sitting there, and of course the executive secretary is taking notes. So all three of us are in somebody's business, and we have no. <laughs> Right, really, no to to know about any of that, yeah, uh, and and this guy's writing this shit down. The executive secretaries is taking notes on this, oh, yeah. you know. And so I thought, my God, I guess it is legal. Again, you're born into this, and you know it's part of the system. Uh, uh, it just seems really wrong when we were earlier talking about. We know inherently right from wrong without anybody even telling yeah. us about certain things. Yeah, this is wrong, and I know it at a very mm. deep level. Well, you got these guys sitting there with these mock callings, and they have authority just because these other people say they do. They're not paid. They're not trained. They have no uh no business really at like you said delving into the private lives and matters of these people no, and yeah. uh you know here they are talking about these intimate things which you know in some cases maybe the authorities should be talking with you in other cases if it's not to that level you like you said earlier if it's a big deal you know look Life has a way of, uh, (laughs) you're going to have to deal with that on your own and any other parties involved in what you did, you know, you're all going to have to deal with that or not, you know, but whether by what are these guys guys behind these closed doors with these quote unquote priesthood callings, they don't know what the fuck they're doing. They're listening to this guy confess or this woman confess. And they're like, I don't know what to do with that. What the hell? I was a part of the bishop 
had the manual open. Yeah, to follow. <laughs> he, he didn't know what the hell he was doing. And, <laughs> and talk about feeling uncomfortable. The, the particular bishop I've served with did not want to be there. Oh, yeah. And it was yeah. so obvious. And he's just like, oh, my God, what a... You know, again, knowing right <laughs> and, and wrong, but I had my own court. I I yeah. left the church a couple of times, and I came back, and uh, we talked about that briefly. I was running from something much worse, which you could say, really, <laughs> maybe I didn't realize uh, from the frying pan into the fire kind of thing. But anyway, mm. and and this was uh, the usual deal with uh, the tw- the high council 12 members of the high council the three members of the stake presidency so you're already intimidated oh, yeah. there's 15 men sitting there supposedly six are on your side and six will take the side of the church what the, and what the fuck is they don't that? know you no. most of the time these guys don't know you they they're not and, yeah it's and uh i went through firing these- squad these court things and they recessed, if you will, cause it's a court and mm. uh, came back and they said, well, we've decided, you know, they basically said, you know, you should be excommunicated, but we decided to disfellowship you. And aren't we nice guys? <laughs> well, think about it. If you're ex, you're out. Yeah. You, if you're yeah. disfellowshipped, you're supposed to still, attend meetings you're kind of on parade and and pay tithing not take the sacrament so you're made an ass of you're shamed yeah. you can't it, participate oh, in lessons you you're tithing again i'll say it again yeah yeah, yeah we want to we don't want to take that blessing from you <laughs> <laughs> we still need your goddamn money so you son of a bitch you yeah. Anyway, embarrassing. I'm getting, I'm getting embarrassing too, by, right? Uh, well, uh, church courts um, could be again another separate entire podcast that we could delve deeper into. Where where do these things start? Why do they happen? You know what what religions have this kind of thing other than the church, the LDS Church? I mean. Uh, it's similar in some ways to how you're paraded and, and disciplined in, in groups like Scientology or Jehovah's um, Witness. Or or Jehovah's Witness you know? right. And uh, what a terrible thing to do to people to delve into their personal lives where you don't belong under the guise of some uh, title from God or something that you have and uh, pretend like you know what to do with these people's personal lives, and then you're directly affecting their personal life and the life of their family and and people they associate with in these you know decisive you know rulings that you give, uh, and the people are just kowtowing to it and uh, oh yeah you know I I deserve this you know I'm a piece of shit you know I mean it's just the whole thing. <laughs> It's so bad. Yeah, it's, I don't know. And it's like, during my court, right at the end, right before the stake president read their decision, he shed a tear. Mm. And he says, oh, 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 excuse me. Mm. (laughs) I I got a warm feeling. (laughs) Oh, uh, did you shit your pants? (laughs) (laughs) What's that that smell? That damn lasagna my wife made. (laughs) 
while these guys were making their decision. Uh, anyway, I so uh, we're just rolling here. Uh, we're like, you know, it, a loaded gun. It's always loaded. That's the first rule of gun safety. The gun is always loaded. And we come yeah. to the microphone and we're loaded. We've got a bunch of shit, dirt yeah. on the church. And it's not in meanness. And I raise my voice at times and whatever, but it's not who, who am I, you know, being mad at myself. Mostly mm. I'm kind of over that now. Yeah. yeah. Fucked up. Paid the price. I'm here yeah. now. Yeah. Uh, I'm okay. Now I'm over it. But there are a lot of you who are in all, again, all these various stages. Um, wow. I just had another thought. How many church courts would there be if people actually confessed all their sins? <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh and it's God. funny. It's funny. We get into the whole concept of having the power of discernment, which we really ought to make that an episode of its own because it's absolute, complete and utter bullshit. Um, but you know, I'm supposed to, as a bishop or state president or whatever, be able to discern whether you're being fully honest with me or not. That's one of the the uh, gifts of having the power of discernment. It's bullshit. Everybody lies to their bishop, their state president, or they don't tell the whole truth, you know, or whatever. These guys don't have a fucking clue. There is no power of discernment. There is no ability to open a crystal ball. I can tell you're not telling me everything, David. The spirit tells me. Ah, that's a heartburn from your hamburger with onions that you, <laughs> you just that had. In, a, uh, in an old man's <laughs> voice. And I, was thinking, I don't know why. I was thinking earlier about... Uh, the stake patriarch, and here, here's this is upside down. I'm a new member of a bishopric. I'm 33. Stake patriarch's like 80 something. Yeah, right. Okay? And I'm interviewing him for his temple recommend. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he tells me the story about going to Boyd K. Packer's house. And he's going to set him apart as a patriarch. So back then it was definitely a member of the 12. And he thought, well, I'm going to be prompt. I'm going to show up a couple minutes early, of course. So he knocks on the door at like two minutes till the time. Yeah. And he's ignored. He knows he's home. He's completely ignored until it sounds like Packer. Exactly the moment of the appointment. Yeah, that sounds and like then, Packer. Yeah. yeah. So talk about anal retentive bullshit. Yeah. yeah. Control freaks. Good oh, yeah. God. But yeah. then this old man, who's again, hello, Russell M. Nelson, who barely has control of his faculties, is giving out these. We've already gone over patriarchal blessings, but it just. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, this look, guy. we're 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 bass backwards in this episode because we're going to do church in the news as the last bit because cool. uh, there's a little article out here on the Salt Lake Tribune. And that's where we see a lot of this stuff. Um, so we got to roll it though. Ready? Here we go. Everyone's favorite piece of the podcast, LDS Church. In the news. In the news. In the dude? What? 
Yeah, and this article's titled, When <laughs> When Did the LDS Church Know? In police interview, former missionary training center leader said he admitted sexual misconduct and kept his job. Uh, and this is about Ooh, uh, Joseph Bishop. Again, we brought him up uh-huh. before, MTC president. And we didn't mention to the listeners, most listeners, again, they're, they're listening to other things other than our thing, and they're, they're spending some time on the internet, whatever, looking around at ex-Mormon stuff. You probably found out, I don't know if you knew this, David, uh, that, uh, what was her name? The chick who came out uh, to blame Bishop. Uh, anyway, she turned out it to be... It escapes me right now, but... Yeah. Yeah, she's a fraud. Uh, new name, right? New name Noah, right. aka Mike Norton, uh, kind of shares the story on that. If you guys are interested, which is really crappy because, uh, come on, you know that's the last thing we need. Uh, me being kind of like the former LDS community, we don't need people lying about these guys doing crap in the church. Um, but. Uh, well, yeah. Number one, it's not necessary. It's because happening it's anyway, <laughs> as is evidenced by this interview with Bishop, where he admits all sorts of shit that had nothing yeah. to do with her. Her story was fake, but um, it's just sad. You don't have to lie anyway. Whatever. That's a whole other thing, too. Shame yeah. on her. Shame on her. But uh, yeah, Bishop was interviewed by wow. uh, BYU police mm-hmm. <laughs> for some reason, and uh, I think they videoed the interview. Uh because they're allowed. McKenna Denson was her name. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so Bishop, just to give you the quick uh, power punch here, in the interview with the police, he confesses, uh, he, he says, I confess to my ecclesiastical leaders in the 80s, back in the 1980s. And that clear statement from the church officials who said the first time oh, they became man. aware of his allegations in 2010. So, uh, yeah, so you got... She didn't need to lie about a lie that was covering up a well, lie. Well, yeah, they're, t- they're telling everybody, <laughs> we didn't know there were issues with him till 30 years later. Well, guess what? The Bullshit. Hell. He confessed 30 years before. And he should have been held accountable, and this should have been reported, and people should have known that he was uh, a, a predator, you know, and he should not have lost, he should have completely been stripped of his church callings, for sure. Uh, and he wasn't. Well, and he should have been listed as, as a, not a pedophile. A sexual as, predator, yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah, and and which would you know, keep him from employment opportunities and so forth. I mean, it's the price you pay. Anyway, I'm going to head out. Uh, I'm uh, on my way to uh, celebrate Fajah's Day. <laughs> For all, all you Mike Myers fans. <laughs> I would suggest every one of you go out and have a schmork and a pond cake. Some of you won't know what the hell I'm talking no, about. I, yeah. Whatever. Yes. All right, guys. Comedy. Well, uh, love you. And, um, you know, glad you're out there and you're, you're working through life. 